Have you ever found yourself wondering about angels, uh, what they are, uh, where do they come from, what relationship do they have to God and to us? Well, that's the question for this week, and we're going to dive into that just as we will dive into this week's announcements. It's Wednesday, December the 6th, 2023, and this is your Midweek Connection. Well, I have several announcements, so let's get right to them. First, Second Sunday Prayer Gathering is this coming Sunday, December the 10th from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. in the community room. And one of our elders, Phil Swift, will be leading the gathering. I encourage you to attend. Number two, Carols and Coco. A Christmas hymn sing is coming up Sunday, December the 17th at 4 p.m. TMC is going to provide the music. <laughs> as well as the beverages, plates, forks, knives, and spoons. All we're asking is for you to bring yourself, perhaps a friend, and something salty and or sweet or both to share with others. It's going to be a good time, and I'm looking forward to that time together. Number three is all about Christmas Eve, which this year falls on Sunday. And so, this year, we will be holding our Christmas Eve gathering in the morning at 10 a.m. There's going to be a time of fellowship and treats that will begin at 9 a.m. And so, I encourage you to invite someone from your family, your neighborhood, or your workplace to join you. I have invite cards. They're available at the west and east entrances. Feel free to take some and hand them out and encourage others to come. Now, Pastor Adam, our youth pastor, he asked me to announce a ministry that he would like for you to be part of. It's a ministry of prayer that is focused on the TMC youth ministry. Now, if you should choose to join the, this ministry, this team, you will be sent regular updates with prayer requests as well as regular invites to times of prayer for our youth in the youth room, and that will happen at different times throughout the year. If you are interested in being part of the team and receiving prayer requests and, and or invites to youth-focused prayer gatherings, please connect with Pastor Adam, or you can fill out the link in this Friday's email blast, and it'll probably be in a few email blasts in the weeks to come as well. Speaking of the youth group, I want to share a couple of youth group stories that I believe will bless your heart. They blessed my heart when I heard them, and now I want to share them with you. Every week, the youth on Wednesday night have a time during their meeting, their gathering. It's called Pause for a Cause, or Pause for the Cause. During this time, they celebrate stories of students sharing the gospel with their friends, also of caring for people in their lives and praying for their lost friends. They also learn how to better share the gospel and spend time in prayer for the people in their lives that do not know Christ. Well, this past week, 
Two students shared that they were able to lead friends to Christ. Isaiah, who is part of our church, in fact, his father just baptized him here on our th uh, at our Thanksgiving celebration. Isaiah had been witnessing to a friend who's on the football team at his school, and that friend recently gave his life to Christ. Isn't that exciting? Another young man, Hunter, who attends another church but regularly attends our youth group, shared that he has been witnessing to his friend Brian, who is or has been or was an agnostic. And Brian also gave his life to Christ. Since then, Hunter has started meeting with Brian for one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And an, an, and an added praise is that Hunter took Brian to his church this last Sunday where Brian partook of his first communion. Isn't that, that's, that's just exciting that the ministry that God has established here is helping others learn how to share the gospel, how to disciple individuals, and we're seeing that spread out even beyond our church. That is awesome. Finally, one of our young ladies named Natalie, who also attends another church but attends our youth group. Apparently, we have quite a few young folks who, whose parents go to another church, but they come to our youth group, and they're being discipled in our youth group. That's great. Anyway, this young lady, Natalie, has started a youth Bible study at her church where she and two of her girlfriends study Scripture together. Natalie is teaching these girls how to share the gospel and to be disciple makers uh, in their own lives. What word uh, goes with those stories other than, wow? You know, it's just so exciting to see God at work in our youth group. And I am grateful for Pastor Adam and his team of adult leaders who are teaching, mentoring, and modeling for our youth what it means to live for Christ. That is just, uh, that's awesome. Makes my week. That's great. Hope it makes yours too. Well, those are the announcements for the week. Now we move on to this week's question for the pastor. Well, today's question comes from a member who asks, what relationship do angels have with men and women? What is their role, especially toward believers? Are angels fundamentally different from us? Do we become angels when we die? What does the Bible say? Well, thanks for that question. And let's begin with this. What are angels? Number one, like us, they are created beings. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, speaking of Jesus as Creator says, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. You know, angels inhabit the invisible realm. And clearly, in that scripture, Paul tells us that Christ, Jesus, created the things that are in the visible realm, like us, but he also created all things that are in the invisible realm. So we know then that angels, who are invisible to us, uh, are created beings just as we are. But secondly, unlike us, Angels are spirit beings. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, speaking of angels, says, 
Are they not all ministering spirits? You know, although uh, there are several recorded occasions in Scripture where an angel appeared in physical form, that's, that's really not their assigned state. They are immaterial beings who are able to hear, see, touch, move, think, interact with mankind, but they have no permanent physicality. So there is a major difference between the angelic realm and the human realm. Number three, what is their purpose? Of course, they exist to do the bidding of God, which often has to do with being his messengers. But again, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says this, Are they not all ministering spirits spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? You know, I'm not sure what that means in full, But the communication seems clear that angels have some form of assignment that is focused on assisting the body of Christ. In other words, assisting individual Christians. That said, it's interesting that the Apostle Paul informed the Corinthian church that believers will one day judge angels, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 3. Now that word judge has to do really with ruling or governing over And it seems that God's plan has his children at some point in time uh, ruling or governing over the angelic realm. So here we have it. The angels are ministering spirits to those whom the Lord is saving. And those he saves will one day have a ruling, governing, even judging role in relation to the angels, which again speaks to the differences between us. Number four, I've already touched on this, but I I want to go just a little deeper with the question, are angels fundamentally different than humans? And the resounding answer is yes. Genesis 1.26 tells us that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Mankind is the most unique of God's creation. We have been created in His image. Not that we look like Him, but that we share certain communicable attributes. He has given those, some of them, to us. This is not true of the angels. They are not in His image. They do not bear His likeness. They they do not have a father-child relationship with God, but rather a master-servant relationship with him. And also, although God allowed angels at some point to have the ability to express their will, which is how Lucifer and a number of other angels fell from their created position. In other words, some angels sinned against God, just like man did and still does. God made provision for the forgiveness of man's sin, but he made no such provision for the angels. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 17. Uh, I want to read this passage to you that speaks to what I just said, but I'm going to share it in the New Living Translation just for the ease of clarity, beginning with verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, that is Christ Jesus, also became flesh and blood, for only as a human could he 
die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son, notice, did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect, like us, humanity, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Now, simply put, there is no road to redemption for angels who have fallen. But for fallen humanity, the very Son of God Himself became one of us to pay sin's debt so that repentant, faith-filled sinners could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that right there demonstrates the great chasm that exists between angels and uh, mankind. So, given that, it should be quite clear then that when people die, they do not turn into angels. <laughs> the bottom line on all of that is this. Those, as far as humanity goes, those who die in Christ, they don't become angels. Instead, they're brought into the very presence of God to enjoy His eternal mercy and grace. Those who die outside of Christ are banished from God's presence and will be that way eternally without remedy. So, today I close out this Midweek Connection asking this very important question. Where do you stand with Christ? Have you acknowledged your sin? Have you turned to faith in Jesus as your Savior and Lord? If so, I rejoice with you in your salvation. But if not, I would welcome the opportunity to talk further with you about the good news of Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation that He made possible to those who will turn to Him in faith believing. My contact information is there on the screen and will remain so till the end of this video. So if you'll write it down, reach out, I'll reach back, and I believe that God will meet you at the point of your need. Well, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, your word shows us that your creation is vast, and I am confident goes beyond even all that you have revealed to us. But you have shown us that you have made a class of beings called angels, and you have made us humanity. And there's quite a lot of difference. In fact, there's fundamentally every difference in the world. And Lord, I'm grateful that you chose to provide a way of redemption for us, for those you made in your image. Lord, I thank you for the salvation you've given to me. I thank you for the salvation you've given to so many. And I pray for those who have yet to receive that grace and mercy from you. May they turn in faith believing. May they repent. And may they receive what the angels cannot receive, what in fact the angels desire to understand in greater degree, this, this issue of your grace and mercy coming through the sacrifice and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. May they receive that as well, I pray. Help us at the Mission Church to be ready and willing and eager to share the good news with others that they may receive that, that grace and mercy. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share a few items from your word. 
and I pray that you would bless it to those who heard it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this coming Sunday, I'm going to continue in my short series on the doctrine of eschatology, reviewing the dispensational approach to biblical interpretation. That's going to be brief. And then I want to go to Daniel chapter 9. I want to walk you through a prophecy that's found there that not only includes allusions to the Messiah and his salvific work, but also to that time that is still future for us, a time that is called the tribulation. I would ask you to pray for me as I prepare and as I share. And until then, God bless and have a great week.